recording. Oh, yeah, we're recording. Okay. So uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, This is our first uh, welcome to what we binge. Mm -hmm. I'm Raf. And I am Mike. And uh, we're starting our Mandalorian season two extravaganza. Uh, (laughs) We're going to talk about the season two premiere. Uh, of mm-hmm. the Mandalorian called Chapter Nine, The Marshal. Yep. And uh, you know, it was directed and written by John Favreau. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I have some news. That one-eyed alien at the beginning, who gets like eaten by night creatures. Who it's, is it? Uh, I was like, the the voice seemed familiar, right? So I was like, so I did some research, and it's John Leguizamo. Whoa. <laughs> you played that really well you played you like you played that surprise like really we, we, well we, uh, we discussed uh, it like literally a second before recording so i was like no did. we have to keep that gotta keep yeah. that for the podcast and then uh and I like i was okay, a huge to... like john leguizamo fan growing up that's why like yeah he was i don't i don't think there was another actor that was like quite like him that was like that had that like manic energy he always did yeah. And then the entire 2000s, the only thing that was like really huge he did was Ice Age. And I was like, yeah. it was like Sid. And so like, much more. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> Manny, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to the Ice Age? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, was that, what was that Pitbull impression he does? <laughs> uh, dude, I can't remember that. <laughs> that, was, um, that was like the play he did for Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Latin history. You know, Latin history for for dummies or something. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> and it's like, how do you catch? Like the joke was like, how do you catch Latinos or Hispanics? Like, just put some good music and then they'll start dancing. Like and, like, and then he does the whole thing. I was like, oh no, oh shit, you know, oh you guys caught me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, uh, by the way, if. Uh, before we end our little uh, appreciation to John Leguizamo, uh, if you have not seen Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, please watch it. That is a masterclass of John Leguizamo, that entire movie. Because <laughs> growing, growing up, I really thought the, the plot of the movie was Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze as drag queens, but they find like, like a biological girl to bring along with them. Mm-hmm. Nope, that was John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I have to. Have, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. That is uh, that is a masterclass on this part <laughs> of comedy of everything. <laughs> uh, okay, so like before we start going into the Mandalorian in, in any great detail, uh, to me, like the Mandalorian after watching the season two premiere, like I feel like this is the best thing to me that's mm-hmm. come out of Star Wars since like you know. The, the the originals like the the you know the 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 empire strikes back like that's how i i kept talking about this episode to people this week i was like this is the yeah. best thing i've seen since empire strikes back <laughs> like <laughs> dude mandalorian has just found that like sweet spot i would say because like even um when i was uh watching i guess like old episodes of like bonanza and Gunsmoke, i think that's why they're able to like be cross-generational the way they have because yeah. it really does feel a lot like those shows. Like yeah. it's, and no, it does. What, what, what this episode proved was that they are willing to do a lot of like, I don't know if it's called bottle episodes, but like those like episodes that, you know, there's going to be a part in there that 
connects to the rest of the series yeah. but for the most part it's like its own thing because this, yeah, yeah. this definitely was its own thing like i don't even feel like it was a season two premiere as much as it was like the intro into like what the rest of the season is gonna yeah, have to uh, offer uh, yeah i don't think yeah it, it is kind of a bottle episode it's just like i think it, it served its purpose well as a premiere and 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 did even more because it's sort of like we haven't seen uh, this character for for a year, you know. If mm-hmm. you've, unless you've been binge watching the episodes multiple times, like I have, but, uh, <laughs> but oh, man. so I mean, like I... and it just puts you back in that world, right? Just like, uh, and I don't think yeah. we've ever been in a in a like hyper urban planet like uh, the one that that the Mandalorian is on at the beginning. Yeah. Well, what it felt like in the beginning is um, what's the um what's the name of the room they used to shoot the Mandalorian in? Cause it was the room that they're starting to replace green screens with. It's like the, Oh, I can't remember the cave, what it's called. The, inner, the cave or <laughs> where they have this like, like really good led screens. I, you, yeah. you could kind of tell when he was walking that that was uh, like out of yeah. the shadows that that was filmed on there. Yeah. You and, could tell. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think like if you didn't know, I mean, it it would have been done with green screen anyway if they hadn't used that technology, and it just looks yeah. better in terms of the lighting on the armor, yeah, and the the reflections and all that, and uh, yeah, uh, you know, it it's a good way to start any like Star Wars TV shows with like you know a pit where yep. people fight, <laughs> and uh, I mean not not people, but like those uh, uh, alien pig looking guys. Yeah. Uh, from Jabba's, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I feel like that 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 LED screen room was like a lifesaver because they were able to yeah. get this season done on time. And this episode yeah. was like, I I I wouldn't have been able to guess that there was like production woes yeah. happening. It was pretty well done, well paced, well, like the the effects were top notch. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe the only parts where I'm wondering. I, well, you know, I, I think they, they filmed, my, my money is on them that, you know, is, is that they filmed everything in, in the, in the cave, but yeah. sometimes like when they're in the desert, it actually feels like a real desert. So I'm wondering if they intercut with some actual desert stuff, but yeah. Uh, but I know that in the cave, they actually, you know, the, the, the ground is actually, you know, physically made and it's not, you know, artificial. I mean, it's like they, they make a real live floor. Right. So it's not, you know, digitally, uh, you know, like green screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, that'll account for that. But uh, just like, I, I like how they try to do something new with parts of Star Wars that we already know. Right. And that's something that I, I sort of thought about, uh, about the prequels. I mean, not the prequels, mm-hmm. the, the sequel trilogy yeah. is that they tried to reinvent new things. Mm-hmm. That kind of looked like Star Wars, yeah. But that you know, uh, you know, like the or the like those penguin-looking things, like the pogs or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, the, the porgs or something. Not porgs, you know, that's what they're called. Yes, yeah. the pogs. Uh, pogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was just skipping pogs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, just did, did you have, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you remember pogs? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, a, a, like a cutting <laughs> machine, and you you'd make like. <laughs> yeah, and you would like. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, um, it's like a nineties kids thing. Yeah, that was actually like an old thing growing up for like my parents. They would actually, I guess, like the little lids they would get from milk bottles mm-hmm. were actually all different. Like they would be advertising something or have some kind of message. So yeah. it, 
actually became collector things over time and hit it. And now all I can imagine is throwing porgs at each other for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> angry porgs. <laughs> and then uh, you know you barbecue them, you know Wookiee yeah. style. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Chewbacca style, like when he's eating one of those porgs in uh, the last oh, Jedi, yeah, and all the did. other porgs are like, mm. <laughs> it's like I don't know if they feel sad or if they want a piece, you know. <laughs> it's just, it looks like they're like, mm, that looks tasty. That looks you tasty. Know, it used to be my cousin, but he kind of smells good, you know. <laughs> it's like it looks very weird. This is my but, destiny. Yeah, yeah, but like my point being, like you know, uh, uh, it's like the sequel trilogy tried to be too much like the originals like you know force awakens tried to be too much like the original but then it wasn't because Mm -hmm. it's like you start on a desert planet but it's not the same desert planet that you know yeah and then uh, you know this forest planet but it's not the same one as the forest planet that you knew before yeah and you know exactly right so it's sort of like carbon copy but it's not yeah um, like that the mandalorian actually tried to i guess like incorporate yeah. Like, like if, if you're going to do a sand planet, you're going to do Tatooine. If you're going to do like a circle death thing, then you're going to just yeah. incorporate the Death Star, not like what, how the sequels, like you said, made carbon copies. And it's like, it's not the Death Star. It's the, 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 it's the planet. planet it's looking not the Sith. Death it's Star. the Knights it's of like Ren. The, and it's like, yeah. we, we know what it is. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, I think it would have been just, it would have just been better if they had just taken maybe 50, at least 50% of the stuff that was already done before and just like used it in a different way. You know, like you didn't need another empire. Maybe the empire became like its own, you know, like, uh, you know, like the rebellion was somewhat of a, you know, uh, undercover guerrilla warfare type thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. like the roles would be reversed. You you don't know. Right. But uh, yeah. So I, I just wanted to talk about the story a little bit. So like, as we know, if you've seen season one of uh, The Mandalorian, uh, Mando is supposed to find uh, the Jedi, I guess, or, some, or you know, the, the uh, baby Yoda's own kind so that he can mm-hmm. leave him with his kind. And, uh, you know, but he's kind of like his father now. And there's like a real lone wolf and cub vibe to, to everything yep. now because it's <laughs> sort of like, you know, he's bringing... Uh, you know, for all those people listening who don't know what Lone Wolf and Cub is, it's sort of it was a Japanese um, comic book that became yeah. a bunch of movies. Yep. In which this bounty hunter, surprise, uh, <laughs> has uh, you know like hired assassin uh, goes around the countryside with this kid who's in a pram, uh, and uh, you know they they go on uh, contracts and stuff so like you know at the beginning like he says like oh this isn't a place you know the one-eyed alien tells mando's like this isn't the place for a kid he says wherever i go he comes with me you know that's a very lone wolf and cub uh you know conversation that usually happens (laughs) like in those (laughs) movies but it's uh and then so he's looking for the mandalorians so that he can get into contact with the with the whole network of hidden Mm -hmm. like mandalorians so that's why Mm -hmm. he's asking this guy who's supposedly seen a mandalorian somewhere and uh you know hijinks and sue fights uh and uh yeah <laughs> and mando kills john leguizamo i mean not really like he ties him up and then he lets him to get eaten by night creatures yeah so and after as we've, telling him where the mando where the other mando is and as we learned from like uh as we learned from disney star wars so far if you don't actually see them die 
you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never oh, you know hear, if you can hear them scream in pain, maybe that's a sign. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They might just show up with one eye like, or ah. one leg later. <laughs> <laughs> might just have half a body and the rest cyborg for all we know. Yeah, but oh, to yeah. me, the the biggest to me the biggest surprise of this episode is seeing who the marshal was. Uh, yeah. When Mando actually goes to Tatooine to find the Mandalorian, and he sees a guy wearing Mandalorian armor, yeah. takes the fucking helmet off, and it's t- Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, I, or, I was wondering when he was going to show up, but yeah, that was, that was pretty early on. And uh, I mean, like, I, I was a big fan of Justified uh, yeah. when it was, uh, you know, on FX. Mm-hmm. And like, it just feels like the guy from Justified, but in space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, on the desert planet, it. it's like, you know, I thought yeah. we were going to do some shooting here, but yeah. then I saw the little guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, maybe I pegged you wrong. And. <laughs> Actually, I got to admit that um, I liked it because um, I'm actually a fan of the, the movie Hitman. The first yeah. Hitman. With, yeah, the first Hitman with, with, with um, that, yeah. Timothy yeah, Olyphant. I, really, I didn't really watch a whole lot of like Justified. But Justified. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is real fitting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Things like Justified. He's, he's a U.S. Marshal, you know, like uh, he uh, Justified in Kentucky. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he grew up, uh, he, he has to deal with the criminals in, in the place where he grew up. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, hey, Raylan. And uh, that's his name. He's like, I'm Raylan and I'm a U.S. Marshal and whatever. And he has a hat. And, uh, like, he, he's everywhere, like, at the moment. Because he's also in Fargo. And he also plays oh, a U.S. Yeah. Marshal in Fargo, I think. Uh, oh, oh, nice. Uh, season four with uh, Chris Rock. He's a Mormon U.S. Marshal. <laughs> <laughs> so like he, 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 okay he, so they he specifically hired timothy oliphant then yeah. for <laughs> yeah he's he's been typecast it's like yes. cowboy lawman and uh like maybe assassin, assassin i guess sort, but yeah. you know. <laughs> that kind of thing yeah but so what's really interesting like, is that he yeah so, sorry uh what, what's interesting is that he's wearing boba yeah. fett's armor right yeah uh I was like, I, I saw, because you don't see it's Timothy Oliphant at first, and you just see the armor. I was like, he looks really skinny for yeah. <laughs> to be Boba Fett. I'm like, this is not, you know, like yeah. uh, what I remember. But then, yeah, you, you realize it's another guy who bought the armor off some Jawas. Mm-hmm. Uh, those pesky Jawas. <laughs> I feel like they're going to have their own story one day. Like, because even though yeah. there's been attempts to kind of like add depth, for the most part, they've been like bugs. So I think there's going to be some like Jawa centric story at some point, knowing how the show yeah, is going. But it's going to be a spinoff of like Pawn Stars, but it's Jawas. <laughs> Dude, that's not a that? bad idea. Right? <laughs> like you, Star Wars YouTube is doing all these random animations and stuff. That's actually not a horrible it's like idea. <laughs> Jawa Pawn Stars, like Pawn P-A-W-N, not anything else. Pork but, Stars. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I could get you this armor for this for these many credits. <laughs> well, apparently, like um, the way he, he, he calls was his wearing grandfather it. Grandfather yeah, in yeah. the back. Like, Wait, after I asked the the, the boss, it's like <laughs> you ask the boss like Soka. <laughs> and just have yeah. like like question marks at the bottom instead of like yeah. captions. Like, mm-hmm. like, he says yes. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, apparently, like he's um, the way he was wearing his armor was kind of like uh, it was supposed to be a hint towards one of the first Boba Fett action figures made. Mm-hmm. Because I guess when, uh, 
or like yeah when um boba fett his live action self first showed up in um empire Stri- empire Stri- yeah empire strikes yeah. back uh when they were making toys it's like at the time kenner was kind of making these toys that kind of half looked like what it was supposed to half did yeah they, they were like approximations it yeah. wasn't like a, a, a replica it was like uh <laughs> it's like you know it's like someone to describe them what they look like instead of showing them what they look like and then exactly. that's what came out <laughs> yeah so the way uh timothy Alfred or Cobb vance was wearing the armor was how that action figure looked like <laughs> yeah oh man but it's like uh the thing is like you can tell something's wrong because like he's the only mandalorian who doesn't cover up his neck all the way up to like his chin or something because you could yeah. see you know that's very nitpicky very but you know yeah. that's very specific but then like um uh, yeah, so Mando, Jin, no, Din Djarin. I always say Jin Darin. Yeah. It's like Din Djarin. Uh, you know, Pedro Pascal. I'll, I'll just I'll just say Mando. Uh, <laughs> so like he's about to get this armor. He goes like, you know, you're not a real Mandalorian. And yeah. like, give me that armor. And then like this weird earthquake happens. And uh, I forgot to talk about Amy Sedaris, but she sh- sure shows up at some point, but she's mm-hmm. not really important to the story, but you know, just wanted to say yeah. that. But okay, she so- She shows up as like, a, hey, she's still around. Yeah, <laughs> but when she showed up and how she was like being too funny, I was like, are they going too far? Is this, is this good? Yeah. Like, hmm, maybe they're going, yeah, because like, well, how much for it? I'm joking. No, I'm not. And I was like, this yeah. is a bit too much. Yeah, like it's, the first season, the bit, it, it was like, that was the fun of it is that it, I was yeah. shocked that that was Amy Sedaris. And now- yeah. It's kind of like they're kind of hitting you over the And now it's sort of like she's she's also behaving like Amy Sedaris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, I hope character. they don't do it too much. Like how they have Timothy Alfen as the marshal and Amy Sedaris is like the quirky one. All of a sudden they're gonna have like a Zoe Deschanel alien or something. Oh and please like, no. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh god no. I, I think they gotta no. reel it no. <laughs> before it goes too and far. There's a Zoe Deschanel alien just like Kill it. Throw, <laughs> throw her in, 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 in the pit. Like, <laughs> throw her in her ukulele. It's like throw in the Sarlacc. In the, in the pit. <laughs> throw in the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. It's a, okay, so apparently this animal that they had in, that was like the main point of the whole episode, uh, yeah. them trying to kill this. The so I thought dragon. it was the same Sarlacc from uh, Return of the Jedi, but apparently it's actually it's, different. It's a different one. It's a crate dragon. It's, it's a dragon. It's called a crate dragon. And the yeah. thing is, it lives. The thing is, during the episode, it's like, oh, it lives in an abandoned, um, what did I say before? Was the the other thing? Uh, cave or something? Uh, like the, the pit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The Sarlacc pit. So, yeah. like, uh, he saw this crate dragon who kind of looks like a big worm. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting some real Dune vibes during this episode. And I was like, maybe Dune is actually, this is actually better than what Dune is going to do like next year when Dune comes yeah. out. It's like, maybe this might be better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the original Sarlacc was inspired by Dune, right? Or something like that. No, no. Oh, but no. It's like, uh, okay. but, but uh, I, I don't think so. But uh, yeah. because like the Sarlacc is supposed to be very stationary and just stays there. Oh, okay. And uh, that Kray Dragon, like I looked at some, you know, fan art. Uh, because the crate dragon appears in legends in star wars legends which isn't canon anymore mm-hmm. but and it has legs which it doesn't during this episode it's like a big worm yeah. with the dragon face <laughs> so uh and scales and stuff and uh um but this is like the first live action tv even i guess tv appearance of a crate dragon anyway so the crate dragon is actually even more badass than a sarlacc pit because it ate the sarlacc 
It was yeah. like, there's moments like, oh, it lives in this abandoned Sarlacc pit. And mm. the marshal's like, I've never, like, that doesn't exist. It's like, it does if you eat the Sarlacc, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you, you guess where the Sarlacc and the Kray Dragon are in the, you know, in the food chain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can I mean, you're gonna have to Dragon on yeah. top and then everyone else at the bottom. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I like how they, they pull in the Tuscan Raiders in, in this one, like the Tuscan tribe yeah. the warriors and raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned that, so the Krayt Dragon is above the Sarlacc. Yeah. And like the food chain. So the fact that they spent a whole episode trying to defeat the Krayt Dragon and showing that it can be defeated. Yeah. Now you kind of put it in my head that I'm wondering if this whole episode was just a big lead up to say it's possible yeah. before showing what happened at the end, like who showed up at the yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you we'll need talk to about that near the end. Yeah. Here, Cause you need to buy that something above the Sarlacc yeah. and be, you can go inside it and defeat it. So yeah, it's like, we'll get you into know, that. <laughs> if you're a Mandalorian badass, uh, you can escape uh, <laughs> yeah. any pit crate dragon or, you know, all of the above. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, uh, but, but it's really cool how they, because it, it really feels like it, it's like a mix between a, a samurai movie and like a, you know, wild west TV show. Right. It, it's right. really like, let's, uh, you know, which is the same vibe that, that they had in, in season one. And it's really yeah. like, I'm going to help the villagers and then, and I'm going to do this in exchange. And then I'm, I'm setting P like, so during the episode, they, they realize that the, uh, so Mando uh, strikes his bargain with the marshal. Mm -hmm. So like he'll get the marshal's armor if he helps him kill the, the great dragon. Yeah. And on the way they meet the Tuscan Raiders and they also want to kill this dragon. So there's a whole thing about them coming together and, and fighting the dragon together. Mm -hmm. and uh the, there's a real like hey let's bring peace to the valley kind of thing you know <laughs> going on <laughs> so like they help each other but you see like there's a real uh hate between the villagers or you know the townspeople and the the tuscan raiders because they don't want to help each other at first and they're like hey you know if we don't help each other we're all gonna die right so uh you know shut up uh <laughs> so I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Keep going. <Yeah. laughs> so, I mean, I think it's probably, uh, you know, the way things, these things are scripted. Mm -hmm. I knew that the first attempt to killing the dragon was gonna, wasn't going to work. And then you're just expecting, like, where is this going to go? And they keep upping the ante all the time. And then you realize mm. that the dragon spits fucking acid. Yeah. And yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, run away, run away. It's like, oh, no, you can't. <laughs> like, acid on. See, know. I'm wondering if that was that part of the books. I mean, like, it. it, it I heard up that it's part before. of it. It's okay. part of it. I don't know if they spit it, uh, but apparently, because, like, uh, there is a pearl that is inside the crate dragon that you see near the end. Right. Uh, and that's actually in Legends. And the pearl is created because, like, because of the pressure of the acid and uh, like the rocks that the crate dragon eats or something, it mm -hmm. creates this like pearl right. that in Legends, uh, some um, like you can actually put in a lightsaber or something if you make it smaller. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I don't know if they're gonna touch you know that subject and. 
in the Mandalorian, but it just appears as like, oh, Pearl, you know, amazing. We're rich now. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of wondering what that thing was. I thought it was going to be like a, I thought, I thought that was like a throwback to like maybe it ate like yeah. a well-known character in the past that had a big white head or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> but just, I don't know. It just goes to show like how much people have thought about this because this is like, it used to be canon before a Disney bought a Luke, Lucasfilm. Right. Uh, but you know, like there, there was so much thought behind like what a crate dragon does and like actually when it gets too big, it can't chew because the things are too small to chew. So like it eats rocks to help it digest or something. And that's what right. creates the pearl yeah. because of the pressure of the stomach and the juices and the acid or whatever. Yeah. And uh, like people have thought about this a lot. And then it makes me wonder like if only they had thought this much when the they sequel. were making the sequel trilogy. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I fully believe the sequel trilogy was created to like bring in new fans like like it never existed yeah. before but i think they're trying really... to make it mainstream and just try to attract more people but then they just alienated everybody yeah and it's uh i mean there's there is a growing um i would say demographic especially younger demographics that love the prequels or like especially our age yeah. there are people yeah. that grew up with that with like as like their original exposure to star wars but the thing is like you really can't hold on okay we got to pause real quick hold on yeah <laughs> no no worries i'm on uh 12 30 yeah okay 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 Um, I can leave the house at 12. Uh, I have mostly everything set up at the, at the clinic. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Yeah. So All right, back um, there. So yeah, uh, we were talking thought? about how the prequel, I mean, the sequel trilogy, I mean, there are fans of the sequel trilogy. I was mm -hmm. a fan of the sequel trilogy because I saw it when I was a kid, but then I oh, always thought that like, you Pretty know, my sure. favorite, yeah prequel yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry so like um you know i bought i bought the toys yeah. you know for phantom menace like yeah. <laughs> you know, i got the toys yeah. i got the pod racer which does appear in this episode yeah. uh which is also another time that would have been cool like maybe yeah. in sequels but it's like um so you know i just it's not even that they needed to think about it harder. It's just there was so much work that had been done previously that they could just pick and choose what they wanted and just use that. Yeah. And now it's like, you, you really can't ignore the core fans. I think there was too much of an effort in the beginning to kind of satisfy, but like yeah. there was um, almost this growing animosity towards what they call toxic fandom, especially on the internet, because yeah. toxic fandom, quote unquote, has been like, running things for so long and whatnot so i think there was an effort to try to like get rid of that that was the entire purpose of episode eight yeah. but the mandalorian is showing that one you can't have a sweet spot two you can you know incorporate things that have been created before and you know which is good because you want to yeah. honor you know the people that have built up star wars to where it is right now yeah and i mean yeah you kind of have Star Wars has too much meaning to too much people at this point. It's not like you're 
creating this franchise from scratch or you're doing something based on like an obscure comic book hero. This is like, you have people that have like an attachment to the visual style, the mythology yeah. and all of that. And this, uh, this, when I was watching this particular episode, it, 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 it almost felt like a throwback to like those um, old shows that not everything had to connect perfectly. You know, you could incorporate fun stuff. You could incorporate, uh, you could you could be cross generational. Like I think this is gonna mm -hmm. be like talked about as like one of the biggest cross generational shows of maybe like the late 2010s or 2020s. Yeah, early 2020s. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you know, when you think about the the sequel trilogy, there wasn't a like Baby Yoda moment. You know that yeah. that the Mandalorian had. Like there was no a one Yoda was like, moment. Like here, take it, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, here's it was Yoda. like, oh, Baby Yoda freaking amazing like oh my god baby yoda like everyone was losing their minds and uh, yeah. and still are but it's uh but like you know there wasn't that thing that people latched onto, and yeah. i think uh it helps to do some fan service sometimes yeah you know but like and i think that fan they, service yeah true fan service not like cheap like you know on the side like oh okay you know uh, anakin's lightsaber yeah. Uh, <laughs> which doesn't make already like you don't know where where it came from like it was you know disappeared in in cloud city and you don't know how it came to be in Moscanada's pub you know right. for for lack of a better word uh so it's like you know let's forget about the sequels about the sequel trilogy let's yeah. go back to the mandalorian uh so like yeah so um we we're talking about how they they started fighting the crate uh, dragon Mm -hmm. and uh thing is they can't so they, they brought explosives right so they try to blow the the dragon from like uh underneath its uh, you know its belly right to blow up the ground underneath it and uh that doesn't work and they're like i don't think it's dead me neither and uh you know and then uh, yeah it starts spewing acid everywhere and uh, you know and i think you as you said before i think this probably sets up how Credible it is that our surprise character at the end shows up uh, when everyone thought he was dead and uh, uh, but it's just I just thought it was really there are a lot of badass moments you know right. like and I know it sounds kind of dumb but it's like it's it's just like cool to watch yeah. Mando get swallowed by the crate dragon with <laughs> like I, I can't remember what that you know cow like bison looking thing is oh but, yeah the one know. oh that was actually yeah. my favorite part when they you had the tuscan raider yeah and the bison <laughs> next to each other and it's like we're offering up the bison and then it eats the, the raider it's the tuscan raider the bison yeah, just it, like stays it, there yeah the bison's like huh? was, i thought it was me <laughs> that was uh that was my favorite part of the that was really Sorry. funny i it's also like unexpected right because right. you're like okay we're offering this <laughs> the bison yeah. whatever it's called and uh, yeah, the Tuscan Raider, and uh, it, you know, I don't know how many people, you know, I mean, characters died. <laughs> like how many Like the Tuscan Raiders are so expendable during yeah. the episode. Like I feel like they're the only ones that you see. Like they actually get melted, like yeah. to, <laughs> by the acid and everything. They get eaten. I guess because they don't have, you don't see their faces. But uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, but then just like when uh mando and the marshall think that like you know they're losing this battle 
there's like that's a, one of the first badass moments of that like battle i guess and they're just like we gotta like shoot it and i just like both fly on their jetpacks yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you you know you feel like a kid when you watch that i was like oh my god jetpacks they're shooting jetpacks, in the yeah. face jetpacks yeah. dude you remember that um have you seen that interview moment with john boyego who apparently was like the star wars geek on set when they're filming mm-hmm. the sequels i guess um they, oh, he was, he they were asked by he, he by was not well treated <laughs> yeah and they were and they asked him like him and the, the cast like a question like what do you think about uh the storm troopers with the jetpacks it's cool right and he was like they had that since the clone wars <laughs> yeah they had yeah like, like he mean, had a bank in his head about like when jetpacks showed up yeah they did well the thing is they do and like the mandalorians have had like you know boba fett had one and uh, i mean it does malfunction because like i think han solo hits the jetpack right, right. with the crowbar or something yeah and uh and thing is like i think there, there's like a fan service moment at that with that Mm-hmm. I don't know if you called that, but it's like, you know, uh, before Mando does his like Hail Mary, like, you know, getting swallowed uh, yeah. by when he gets swallowed by the dragon and uh, with the bison who has like all the uh, uh, the explosives on it. Right. Uh, he says like, you know, take care of the kid. And then he hits the, the jetpack exactly where <laughs> Han Solo I hit told, yeah. like, Boba Fett's jetpack. Yeah. They're like, okay, so that actually happens. It's not just that he's a, you know, he's a, he's a douchebag. Yeah. I got caught off guard. Like that happens. <laughs> I think oh, they man, also, that's... I think that was also a moment where like, okay, you know, it's not because I, I think there's a lot of, there was a lot of criticism about that moment in Return of the Jedi. Where yeah. it's like, but he's supposed to be this badass and he gets like, you know, blindsided by blind Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, well, actually, I guess that's a defect of his jetpack, I guess. Like, if you hit it there. A certain way, you're just going to go crazy. It'll just, like, yeah. like flies away, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, but it, it's also reminiscent of, like, Avengers as well. Like, there's a moment mm-hmm. where Iron Man goes into one of the flying aliens and just, like, lasers it from inside. Yeah. Like, you know, like, the, the myth of Jonah, I guess. So, or like so, the, the, so the Disney trope so far, the, the, the light beam coming out. Yeah. The long, the long <laughs> eating thing that you have to go inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else we got? Hey, <laughs> take care uh, of the kid. Take care of blank. To uh, to quote a true detective, like laugh is like a circle. <laughs> it's going round and round. <laughs> wait, wasn't that Happy Gilmore? Oh, wait, <laughs> that's, that's Happy Gilmore too. <laughs> really? Oh my god! Yeah, that okay. was the, that was Kevin Nealon when you know, yeah. he was describing like you got to send it home. Send it home. Send it home. Send it home. <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is like well, audience that shows where our heads are uh, we got true detective yeah. over there and got happy go more yeah. over here yeah over there um so yeah so so okay so like mando gets swallowed by the crate dragon and uh, electrocutes it to escape and then detonates and then it explodes and it's awesome yeah and you know and then the the tuscan raiders find that huge pearl that's like as big as i don't know like it's bigger than than a, than the wheel on a Hummer. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was. It basically took like what two or three of them to lift it up and be like, Rah! yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 oh man, it's it's like going back to Sea World, Sea World, you know, when you were a kid or something. Not you know, like. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I remember that. Yeah. I actually flip shit when I saw Shamu when he did that. I was like, Shamu! Shamu! Ah! Be my friend! <laughs> Be my friend! And then Blackfish comes out. 
be free, but still be my friend. <laughs> yeah, what was like? Uh, I have my nice. little plush. This is you. Okay. This is you. Well, it's not, but you know, it's made in China. Were <laughs> <laughs> China- you made in China? back to Mandalorian. I can do this all day. We gotta, we gotta drift back. Yeah. So. Uh, Right, so I, I think I forgot to talk about yeah the pod racer, so like Anakin's pod racer that was right, like, yeah, Otto it's Anakin's thing. or like the okay, same model right. at least, yeah, uh, like the Marshall instead of having a uh, one of those like hover bikes, he retooled a uh, one of the reactors from Anakin's pod racer in the in uh, Phantom Menace, and uh, I was like, dude, like that's an awesome way to tie in continuity, you know, like. Oh, okay. You know, like I was imagine, I was thinking about this. Like, if they had put, I know that putting Ray on Tatooine would have been a bit too on the nose, probably. But right. if they had, she could have, like, instead of having her bike or something, which seemed like she's supposed to be poor on that planet, but she has enough money to have like this kind of uh, yeah. thing that doesn't that looks like it's one piece. It doesn't look recycled or anything. Right. So, like, if she had recycled like a pod racer, and and uh, it would have been a bit more in. Uh, with the vibe i guess and also tied into yeah. the prequels think, but then like I, disney was into like we hate the prequels we don't want to talk about it yeah. uh you know it's it's like no one no one likes them let's not talk about it yeah. and, uh, i mean like i know. think it's gonna take some time before they incorporate stuff from the sequels because none of it has like nostalgic value yet like yeah. very, the last movie just came out last year oh yeah it was only last year wow. yeah it was only a year 2020 ago. feels yeah. long yeah Jesus. yeah <laughs> i've last... aged 10 years <laughs> <laughs> yes i actually got one more i i had my first white hair this year oh man well check out, yeah. check out my cheek i have my first wrinkle somewhere oh my god yeah i my forehead is full of wrinkles it's just i'm very uh, emotive like my face shows old. emotions <laughs> well that's uh the purpose of the face that's, good job uh, really is it on purpose i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, that's why uh our faces were created as such but good job <laughs> i thought they were just made to like you know i don't know be there <laughs> <laughs> all right drifting back <laughs> <laughs> so um you know all all is well all all's well that ends well mm-hmm. um you know, Timothy Oliphant, uh, T- Timothy, Timothy Oliphant gives the, Timothy gives the, the Mandalorian, the, you know, the, <laughs> I wanted to form Michael Caine today. But, oh, speaking uh, of Michael Caine, oh, we got to talk about somebody else from that era. We're going to uh, talk about this guy. Talking about Rest in peace. Red October. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Red October. Mecca woman. Red October, and yeah. uh, you know, but he, he was uh, Sean Connery, like, I'll actually tell you a story that's really, I don't know if it's true, but I met this Scottish girl when I was in, in Berlin like years ago, and her mom, or I think her aunt, used to clean Sean Connery's house, oh. and uh, oh. like, and he used to try to like you know, do things, you know. <laughs> I know. Are we surprised? <laughs> I, you know, whether it was, I, I didn't, I, I, you know, allegedly, I don't want to be sued by anyone, but I'm just saying that, you know, he, he seems like the kind of like lecherous old guy who just like pinched someone's bum or, you know, like, yeah. 
once in a while, it's like, her, Red October. And, he was know, always <laughs> James Bond since then. Yeah, Just, because like I James Bond is a very misogynistic character and it sort of goes that maybe yeah. the actors are that way as well. Yeah, and well, back I mean, then, like the movies, yeah. like whether you're James Bond or John Wayne or whatever, you smacked yeah. and screwed everybody you felt oh, yeah. like. <laughs> but I think, but that was something that I felt you know, we should applaud about those movies that they, you know, this guy was a, was a spy and as a spy, you're supposed to kill whoever it is. You know, you don't have special treatment, you know, mm -hmm. because like, you know, the Russian spy is like a really pretty woman or, you know, or, or, uh, oh. you know, it's sort of something that with the Pierce Brosnan movies, that sort of like yeah. was toned down a little bit, like his brutality. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sort of like he was always getting he was always getting in trouble because he trusted uh, the the woman he was sleeping with too much. Yeah, <laughs> I think like um, whenever know? they reboot James Bond with like Idris Elba or whoever they're talking about, well, say Tom Hiddleston, or they're they're talking about like a lot of names. But when yeah. they do, they have to go back to being like balls off the wall. Like yeah. Daniel Craig, it, it was good for the era to be more like toned down and gritty yeah. and stuff. It, it needs to go back to like, like Hobbs and Shaw showed that, you know, there's still a taste for, you know, going. What, what if we had a, a female bonkers. James Bond who kills everybody? There you go. <laughs> that would be cool, right? I mean, just I mean, get Money Penny. She, I mean, the, the actress who plays Money Penny is still young enough yeah. to be like a full on balls, balls to the wall yeah. uh, action hero. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, like, um, it was it 007 is just like a code name so yeah it's a code name with whatever yeah either way but, uh, yeah just going back to the mandalorian <laughs> uh i i wanted to talk about that surprise mm -hmm. it wasn't that surprising but you know reveal at the yeah. end but it was even though it wasn't a surprise to me uh i was so really happy to see that and it was boba fett played by uh Tamura, to, to the Tamura Morrison. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I have to drink more water. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, and he looks like he's been through the ringer, man. Like he, like he doesn't have any hair. Like it's all burnt off. Yeah, I didn't know. See, at first I didn't know if it was if it was him or if he was one of like the clones. Because honestly, if it's yeah. Tamura Morrison, it literally could be it could be both one of like many characters or whatever. Yeah. Thing is, but, uh, you know, he, he's anyways. the guy who played uh, Django Fett for you guys who don't know. And Django yeah. Fett was the basis for all of the clones, and mm -hmm. he played all the clones as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I always thought it was funny, like when you look at the original Star Wars before, uh, you know, they remastered them, you know, after, after the prequels, like they replaced Boba Fett's voice with uh, Timura Morrison's voice. Yeah. Uh, before it was like some American guy who was like, you know, I'm going to get Han Solo or something yeah. like that. And then like, I don't know, like the, the Kiwi accent just makes everything better to be honest. Yes. And like, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy they got him cause um, yeah. making an effort to let you know that Boba Fett was originally when I saw the prequels, I didn't know if that was mm -hmm. Boba Fett was his son technically, or like a clone. Uh, it was like a younger like, clone. Kind of, so they made it. It's kind of, yeah, it's like in reality, it, it, he's a clone, but it's sort of like his. But he raised him, so it's yeah. sort of like his adopted clone son, yeah. uh, who's himself. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> let's not think about it too hard. But uh, <laughs> oh, that's what this is but, for. I thought that's yeah. 
yeah, while we let's, overthink. Let's go in, let's go in deep. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, what what I think happened is that he probably came out of the Sarlacc pit, like was unconscious. The Jawas thought he was dead. They just stripped him, uh, and then later sold that armor to the marshal. Mm. And he just woke up and was like, "Oh shit, you know, <laughs> I'm on Tatooine." It's like, "Oh man, I'm on Tatooine," and. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's gonna be a flashback at least to like show us what happened, or, or yeah. if it's gonna be one of those things where like we just kind of have to fill in the blanks ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I kind of like it that way, yeah. you know, when you fill it, you know, fill the blanks uh, yourself. And, and then uh, some animated series will come out ten years from now to explain that know, gap. <laughs> it's never too good to have like too many flashbacks. Like yeah, I think well, like Mandalorian season one had a few flashbacks, but you always got like an, you got it in parts. So you had yeah. like a little flashback and then a little more, and yeah. then you got the whole story at the end. So you're like, oh, it's not just like a huge like info dump, like you know, uh, the crimes of Grindelwald or something like that. So it, it's uh, you know like that info dump at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like but, Star Wars yeah. works when you leave gaps because you need because you need to like create like animated series or I yeah. know they're gonna make more Star Wars is like yeah. it's one of the few franchises that works when you don't explain everything. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when it, if you know if it, if uh, Tamura uh, Morrison is actually playing uh, Boba Fett it kind of helps to not see how he escaped the, the Sarlacc pit. You just trust that he's a badass and like he just did it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you yeah. don't need to see that. Yeah. But then, you know, you can set up another badass moment for him to, to you know, to prove how, how much of a badass he is. Like later on, it doesn't have to be like a... Because I mean, escaping a Sarlacc pit is essentially like maybe blowing something up and then just like flying out, you know, kind of like yeah. what uh the uh, mando did with the crate dragon so you don't need to see that twice yeah. but uh, or maybe the crate dragon ate the <laughs> ate the sarlacc that boba fett was in <laughs> and then like that's how he escaped, how he escaped. <laughs> yeah like he just squeezed too hard and then like just like popped out like yeah. <laughs> dude you know it'd be like a good like philosophical um i guess dilemma throughout throughout the season would be because Boba Fett, of course, he doesn't have his armor. Timothy Olyphant has it. He doesn't have his armor. He's like kind of like out on a limb and stuff. Yeah. But then you have uh, Petra Pascal. Yeah. What's, what's the actual well, name? Well, we well, have Mando. Like who, uh, Din Djarin. He, yeah. he, and he has Boba Fett's armor now. So, so yeah. depending on like how the second episode starts, like if he's still on Tatooine, maybe we'll have some confrontation. Yeah. You know, maybe he'll be like, oh, you got my armor. I'm going to get yeah. it. But I wonder <laughs> if they're going to do this thing where it's like Mando is like a, um, what was it? Like an old school Mandalorian. Like he won't take off his helmet. I mean, he did when like nobody was looking, but he won't take off his helmet. He's very loyal to his armor and stuff. And yeah. Boba Fett, as we've seen, is already living life without it. So yeah. maybe Boba yeah, Fett has like started turning right. away from the Mandalorian way while Jin or Mando or whatever is still really stuck to the ways yeah i think yeah that's interesting because he doesn't have technically he can't ever put the helmet on again right by the if he follows the mando creed yeah. uh but you know boba fett um you know we'll, we'll see we'll see because uh there were also some rumors of captain rex showing up you know from the clone wars yeah uh since it's essentially you can they can use the same actor and just like you know put on a fake beard yeah uh, <laughs> 
Tamura is busy. <laughs> Tamura is busy, yeah, for sure. Uh, but like, you know, I'm really looking forward to what the, the rest of the season brings. And I think any worries I had about season two of Mandalorian are for now uh, dispelled. You know, I, I, I feel like they're back there and they're really doing it. They really know what they're doing. And uh, like, yes, it is amazing. I, I love the Mandalorian. It's really like, I, I heard some people saying like, it's my top, in my top three TV shows of all time. Like not just Star Wars, but like of all time. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel kind of the same way. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not... a good TV show. It is a good TV show. Yeah. I'm not there because honestly, this is like the first show of, it's kind that I'm following. And I think, um, I know, I know that people before I've like grew up with shows like Buffy or like X-Files where everything is loosely connected, but for the most part, it's kind of like a adventure or monster yeah. of the week kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't really grow up watching those shows. So this is like exciting yeah. for me. Cause it's like, I, I feel like I'm catching up on that feeling of tuning yeah. in every week and seeing what's happening. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, it, it's as if we had, you know, the Clint Eastwood, like, you know, Fistful of Dollars movies, but as a TV show in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Clint Eastwood in space. You know, but like, you know, the spaghetti westerns, uh, like, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and those kind of movies. Yeah. Where he doesn't talk much, and it's just like, get over there. And yeah. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. I know that, that's Dirty Harry, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, honestly, uh, really, really happy. And I'm looking forward to talk about this for, uh, I think the last episode of The Mandalorian is going to come out on December 18th, mm -hmm. which I'm guessing will be probably our last episode of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, unless we do something crazy during Christmas, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, whenever, wait, what did you say the date was going to be for the last I episode? I think de December 18th. Uh, okay. That, that would be a good time to, to debut uh, the final and uh, all the little surprises. I do hope they start incorporating some of the surprise cast mm -hmm. earlier and actually yeah. play them out through the season rather than shoving everybody at the end as like a surprise, they exist. Like, okay. uh, like having like, a, a Soka Tano, which, yeah. you know, there was a deleted uh, Instagram post from Disney that, um, said she was uh, set to play Rosario Dawson was set to play mm -hmm. Ahsoka Tano this season and um, even though they had to delete it and this and that like I hope they're not just saving her and I guess uh, Sasha Banks who is who may or may not be Sabine at yeah, the, Sabine Wren Sabine Wren yeah like I like I hope they actually use those as integral parts of the season and then season three just find other surprises that you can do like there is so much you can do i mean we but still haven't I, seen yeah. a live action thrown yet so i think that it's more likely that we i don't know because like when you look at the trailer uh, there's um you can see a woman with a hood and it, she kind of she could be sabine wren yeah uh so you're like well maybe we'll see sabine wren this season and then like we'll have like ahsoka teased or something yeah uh but here's hoping that ahsoka actually shows up this season yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, uh, I'm not going to be depressed and and angry <laughs> at the fact yeah. that, like, we're not going to see a live-action Ahsoka this season, which is still, you know, up up in the air. We don't know. Right. But, uh, you know, but I think it's good that we don't know, you know? Yeah. 
and on that like very philosophical <laughs> it's yes. good not to know you know, good uh, not to know. <laughs> and yeah it's, on that last one is our last huge philosophical franchise so yeah. we must milk it and overthink it yes. for all it's worth <laughs> yes well hey you know we're gonna have uh you know to me i feel like star wars is on in terms of how like the people who run star wars should protect it as much as the people protect the lord of the rings you know like um um, legacy because there's a whole organization that gives permission like you can do this game you can do this tv show and they they have to be vetted and it seems like there needs to be something like that for star wars i think so i think this is around the time that they should do that because if you really look at the history of star wars it was always a mess like yeah it took the fans to try to create something solid like a solid mythology that yeah. really like connects everything yeah. in like a coherent way but it the when you when you look at the making of it even from george lucas who kind of just wanted to make his own version of flash gordon yeah yeah it was always kind of a mess and they couldn't really find themselves so yeah i think yeah. there should there should be like a board of directors yeah well the thing is like now it's sort of like those who are kind of filling that role are the producers and the you know the kathleen kennedy's of of uh, of uh, of disney and uh, lucasfilm Mm -hmm. and uh you know maybe there should be something that doesn't connect star wars to a direct like monetary incentive i know it's very hard to do that yeah (laughs) but you know because it doesn't seem, it seems like the people who take care of uh, Tolkien, Tolkien's, um, you know, estate, they seem more, uh, they think it's more important to preserve the quality right. than just to make money off of it. So yeah. it's, uh, whereas like at Disney, it really feels like, I mean, except for the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I think the Mandalorian, even though uh, it might've been an experiment at first, like it's it's become a huge success. And most of the toys that, are being have you seen mando mondays like you can buy mandalorian toys like you know special deals and new releases and stuff like that so they're making money off of this anyway but they've taken the time and the effort like dave filoni and john favreau Mm -hmm. uh to uh to get this right and uh you know kathleen kennedy is still part of it Mm -hmm. but i think that she's not the only part of it and she's not she doesn't seem to be the deciding uh creative voice in this yeah. she's sort of there and yeah. she participates but she doesn't seem to be the end-all be-all um, you know she can correct me but that's that's my impression yeah please listen give us your uh give us your feedback <laughs> kathleen kennedy <laughs> but on that kathleen kennedy email us, uh, <laughs> email us. we want as the kids say clout so we want cl- hey, we want the clout and uh <laughs> Uh, so I just want to uh, tell you guys where we are, uh, where you guys can listen to us. We are now on YouTube. Ooh. Amazing, right? Hey. Uh, so you guys can, you know, you can listen to us on YouTube uh, at uh, the the channel is called What We Binge. Uh, you can. It's actually faster to look for the subjects that we cover than actually looking at for what we binge. So I'm sure you guys will find us if you look for, you know, our uh, actually most. <laughs> popular episode on youtube is the kissing booth too so oh my god man why do you guys like that so much why do you guys like the kissing booth movies that much people I mean, love 
kissing booths. Well, uh, why? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I was in a good mood when I saw it and stuff, but our, why? <laughs> why, why? Why is that our both problem? Uh, but it, it's not very consistent because it goes from kissing booth to the devil all the time and then ready or not so i think so we, we have like diverse the emo audience. movie nerds and like teeny boppers <laughs> we have like the weirdest mix yeah of, i don't know maybe people are just all in san jose I guess. they just liked listening to me being angry about the kissing booth so <laughs> <laughs> like okay. our robert pattinson southern like yeah, impersonation the southern brawl <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. So you can listen to us on YouTube, as we just said. Uh, Anchor, Breaker, Castbox, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Uh, we come out every Tuesday, and then every episode is shared on YouTube on uh, Wednesday mornings or Tuesday nights, depending on uh, what time zone you're in. So uh, you know, that's it for me, Mike. 